this morning, uh, very quickly, uh, I want us to look at the topic we've been looking on. We've been looking at the firm foundation. Then I want to take it further, one way or the other, to talk about abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ. Uh, because before you can look at yourself to be firm, to have a firm foundation with God, you need to abide in Him. You need to know Christ. You, you can't be firmly attached to whom you are not, uh, you are not, uh, how will I put it, to whom you, are, you don't know. So we want to look at abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ. You see, one of the things uh, I, I want us to look at first and foremost is um, when you talk about firm, we, we talk about when you say, uh, if my parents are firm, it means uh, you can say, oh, they are disciplinarian. It means they are, you know, something firm means attached, strong. And when you look at the foundation, foundation is the basis of everything. Praise the Lord. Foundation is the basis of everything. If they give birth to a child and uh, uh, the foundation of the child is not strong, even if the child grow, grows up to become what he wants to become, one way or the other, he needs to let the foundation be strong. Uh, the part of the world which uh, I come from, one way or the other, um, um, Buildings will just, you know, buildings will just collapse. What is the problem? Why a building will collapse? Nothing is happening. It's not because of any uh, whatever. The problem is that the building does not have a firm foundation. You, you can see a road that is being built and you, they will commission the road and everybody will laugh. They will, you know, and go, go back to the road in a month's time and you, you will not believe it that, oh, am I dreaming? Was this the same road? that was commissioned a month ago. The reason is, is that there was no foundation. The foundation of a thing is the basis of the thing. It defines the future of the thing. So that is why I, I'm just decided to, you know, to say those things so that you can understand where we are going. So abiding in Christ, the chapter which we read in John chapter 15, John chapter 15 verse 1 to 10, talks about Jesus being the vine. Jesus being the vine, Jesus is the source. When you don't have Jesus, you don't know Jesus, you can't have a firm foundation. Even if you claim to have a firm foundation and you lost, you lose Jesus one way or the other, your foundation will be destroyed. I pray today that your foundations will not be destroyed in the name of Jesus. And everything in your foundation that is not of God, Today, the healing power of God will come over it in the name of Jesus. So, Jesus is the vine, and every Christian, we are the branches. This is, however, it has a clause. There is a clause there. You see, that's why it's always important when you read the scripture, because the scripture is a picture for the future. So, when you read the scripture, you need to divulge, you need to expand, you need to express, to know the reason why that scripture is written. One thing I have seen in the Bible, the scripture, is that if they, there is a word, there is a reason why a word is always put in the scripture. So there is a clause there. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you. So you can see it's a two-way thing. So you can say you abide in Christ, but Christ is not abiding in you. Praise the Lord. I, I, if I'm too fast, please call me back. I can be too fast, but... Uh, Try to fasten your seatbelt. I'm, uh, I'm not a bad driver, but uh, I can be fast sometimes. So, so it's a two-way thing. So if 
Because he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you. So if you might claim you know Jesus, but Jesus might not know you. Are we getting something this morning? So, so what we're trying to let you understand, what I'm trying to let you understand is that the basis of abiding is in Jesus. So the basis of a firm foundation is in Jesus. If Jesus is not in the boat of a foundation, surely the boat will capsize. Your boat will not capsize. I said the boat of your life will not capsize. So when we move on, he said abiding means dwelling. When you abide, it means you are dwelling. When you abide, it means you are habitating, you are living. That, that is where you live. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, they that do what? Dwell in the secret place of the Most High. He didn't say they that visit. He didn't say they that sparingly go. He said they that dwell. It is the dwellers that can confirm their habitation in God. Not a visitor. I keep saying it, even though, um, well, we know we are seven. But I keep saying it to people, you know, if my father grows old by the special grace of God and uh, he goes, uh, he, you know, and he goes and somebody comes in and says, this is your father's child. We, we always joke about it that we will not argue because I know my dad plays a lot of away matches. You, you understand? But one thing that can only be claimed is that no man can run into another man's house to claim the inheritance. Inheritance of God are kept for God's children. So if you don't abide in Christ, you can't tap into the inheritance of God. Your name might be crown, might be king, might be whatever. But if you don't know the king, no matter the name they give to you, it doesn't work. The Lord will work for you. I say the name of the Lord will work for you. I, I, very quickly, I want, to, I want us to look at it. How do I abide? How do I abide? I'm trying to see one or two things which I can cut off. How do I abide? The number one thing is you must seek the house you want to abide in. Which house do you want to abide in? Seek it. Seek, seek, seek. Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what? Every other thing will be added. The first thing is for you to seek God, not the last thing. If you seek God last, what you have done first will crumble. But when you seek God first, what you do last, because God is already at the beginning, he will take over what you are doing last. But if you go and seek God last, you are now praying, God, help me. You already started with a weak foundation. So how do you want God to do? And one thing about God, I believe you know it very well, is God is a last-minute God. Somebody say it with me. God is a last-minute God. Say it with me. I told you it's going to be a call and response so that uh, every... You ask me, why is he a last-minute God? God does not come in when you still have choices. Because immediately he comes in when you have choices, you will believe it's your resume that has helped you. You will believe it's the course that you have just done that has helped you. God will wait till the last minute when you have tried everything. Your father's dad, your father's uncle, your mother's whatever, the, all the high and mighty have failed you. Then he will come. Because when he comes at the beginning, you won't appreciate. But when he comes at the last point, that is when you know that mm -mm, 
this is not me, but it is God. You take a story when the Israelites was where they were at the Red Sea. Bible says at that point, when they look back, they were looking at the horses, the chariots, and they were even telling Moses, even if we die in Egypt, they will have found a place to bury us. Now you are bringing us to the sea where fishes will have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with us. What, what I mean, our generation will have even, even seen our grave if you have left us in Egypt. But there is a God that is called the last minute God, and he showed up. God will show up for you. I didn't hear that. Amen. I say God will show up for you. I say God will show up for you. Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 1 that the young lion might lack. He said they might lack what to eat. He said, but they that trust in the Lord shall never lack any good thing. So it is your trust that make you to seek God and will make you to abide. As you abide in God, God will abide in you. I say God will abide in you. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, God's Bible says God is the rewarder of they that diligently seek him. So seeking God will make you to abide. Seek God the more. When you seek God diligently, please always be very, very careful about the, the, the word, the scripture. He said diligently. He didn't say sparingly. When you seek God and the only time you remember God is when you wake up in the morning. God, thank you because I am alive. Because I am alive, those you are going to bless me today. I will see you in the evening, God. And you go. When you come back, God, thank you because ah, my car was about to hit another car, but thank you because you were there for me. I'm about to sleep. Just bless me, God. God bless you, God. And, and you know, that's the way many of us believe God is. We believe God is a contractor. You know, and a contractor is whatever you tell, okay, contractor, this is your, this is your job description. This is what you want to do. And, God is not like that. Before the inception of the earth, he has written what you are going to be. So God knows everything, and he is the one you need to return everything back unto. So you must seek God. Seek God. You must always, you must seek God before abiding. You see, if you don't seek God, you can't abide in God. That's what I want to just bring out there. Then seeking him later than, you know, than when you want to find out something, and you are now seeking God. That will not help. Let's quickly look at Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. I just want to bring something there and I quickly move. On. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Are we, are we there? Isaiah 55, uh, yeah. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. He said, call upon him while he is near. If you look at this scripture, that means, he said, while while he may be found. That means it's not every time you call upon Jesus that you can find him. That means if you are bound to lose the precious time, you are supposed to call Jesus. At the beginning, you didn't call Jesus. You are now calling Jesus at the last bit. He will look at you and say, okay, go and try what you have to try. It reminds me of when, you know, when we were in the university, you know, in, on campus then, they brought a sister to us as fellowship leaders and they said, uh, to, I think I've shared it here. I don't know. They, they said we need to pray for the sister that is, she's been victimized by the lecturer. And we looked at it. Why are you being victimized? The problem was the lecturer was asking her out. She has already accepted. And they've already started the process. Now you are crying of victimization. So when they came and, you know, the other brethren, and they know me for, I, I now said, I, I just want to ask a question. 
where do I start from? The only place we can start from is for her to go back to God and ask for forgiveness. Then we start rebuilding the boat. You don't call God when you have already started the journey. He will still come, but at the beginning of the journey, he will show you the obstacles, the good and the bad of the journey. But when you are calling him later, you are, sometimes you might be on your own. I pray the Lord God Almighty will not hide his face from us in the name of Jesus. I pray the Lord will not hide his face from us in the name of Jesus. Very quickly, the second thing you need to know is that you must knock with purpose. For you to abide in Christ, you must knock with purpose. You don't just knock just because you want to, you know, you don't just knock. If you are in your house and your child comes to your door and he knocks, just knocking, you say, oh, there is nothing happening, no, nothing happening. But when the child comes and he bangs his door, ba, ba, mommy, daddy, I, I believe no matter what you are doing, you will know there is an emergency. And each time you call God, you must knock with because there is an emergency. Praise the Lord. But many of us nowadays, I remember those days when we, I used to know when we were young, when our fathers, when they go to church, many of us can bear witness. Even when they, when they say, okay, let's all go home now, that is when you see the fathers, they will now remove, they will start praying. But nowadays, we are even, 24 hours is not enough for us. You say, pastor is too much. Oh God, oh, oh. What time do we have for God? We need to knock with purpose. Give God your time. Give God what you have. That is when you can abide. The Lord God Almighty will help us in Jesus' name. Very quickly, I move on. So, what happens when I abide? Somebody will be asking me. So, you are asking me to abide in Christ, abide in Christ. So, what happens if when I abide in Christ? What's going to happen to me? Am I just going to hear that this man is saying I need to abide in Christ? Let's just look at one or two things that is going to happen when you abide in Christ. The number one thing I have here is that God will give you a new beginning. God will give you a new beginning. There is no man that abides in Christ and Christ abides with him. The Bible says you will produce fruits. And those fruits are not just apple and orange and banana. The Bible is talking about every other thing which the scripture has promised. He said they will be added. Those are the fruits that God is giving is going to add to your life. So, the number one thing is that God will give you a new beginning. No man abides with God and will not have a new beginning. In 1 Kings chapter 17, if you look, because of our time, we might not be able to, 1 Kings chapter 17, where we, the story of a woman called the widow of Zarephath. Bible recalls that at that point, she was about to eat her last meal. But because she abided through the word of the man of God, our last meal became an abundant meal. So each time you abide in Christ, you become a new entity. A new beginning starts for you. And I pray that will be your portion. God will give you a new beginning. Another thing that will happen when you abide in Christ is he will give you a new song. You might have been singing the whole song. You, you see, one of the things that the enemy, the devil wants from us is that each time you pick your call and you go, ah, how will you, oh, ah, it's not, ah, it's, it's always a negative news. Negative news. Negative news about yourself to people. Negative news each time. People want to hear it. You know why? Because an average person wants to sympathize. 
many people believe when they sympathize with you, that is when they love you. No, don't sympathize with me. I'm an entity of envy. I'm not an entity of pity. So each time, you know, things are happening. Oh, brother, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very great, even though I have an headache, but I believe God that I am okay. I'm not disputing the fact that there is an headache, but brother, how are you? Ah, <laughs> it's not too heavy, cool. <laughs> oh, the thing is just knocking my brain. In fact, I can't even, I can't even do anything. This was how it happened last week, few weeks before. You don't, you don't, look, those are your personal details that you need to share with God, not with man. So begin to give yourself, you know, even if it comes, change your mind. Change your mind and begin to change it. How is it? How is it? Pastor, when they call me, ah, pastor, how is that? Ah, Canada is a very great place to live. Even though I know I have not gotten what I needed, but surely because I know I have a God, he will give me. There is anything God cannot do, remain undone forever. And there is nothing God cannot do. Do do you understand? So anything God cannot do can never be done. And the Bible says with God, all things are possible. So there is nothing that is called impossibility in his dictionary. So God will do it for you. I say God will do it for you. So he will give you a new song. He will give you a new song. So that each time you sing, it will not only be negative. It will not only be negative. It will be a good song. That will be your portion in the name of Jesus. The third thing you need to do, to, you know, what happens when you abide is your prayers will be answered. Your prayers will be answered. Each time you pray to God, God will hear you. Somebody did not catch that. I said, each time you open your mouth, he said, while they pray, he said, before they open their mouth to pray, he said, I will hear, and I will do what? I will answer. That will be your portion. I said, that will be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Brethren, it is, it is very tedious for you to pray for two hours without getting anything. While somebody can pray for two minutes and get answer. They bow, they cry unto their own God. Nothing happens. But when Elijah got there, Elijah said, okay, I will, not, I will not just do it the same way you did. Okay, can you pour water? Pour water just to prove there is a God. Anytime you can't prove your God to people, it means you are not abiding. There is a God that has created you. You need to prove your God. Each time. He said, pour water there. He said, maybe if once they pour this water once, these people might think the water has drained. He said, pour another water. They poured another. They poured another water, and he called upon just Father, let your name be so that your name be glorified. The rest is history. Fire came down. In the name of Jesus, every man that has doubted your God, they have laughed at you, believing that oh, what is going again to church? Nothing is happening. In the name that is above every other name, God will show up for you. I say, God will show up for you. Somebody didn't hear that. I said, God will show up for you. In the name of Jesus. So, you must pray. You must pray. He said, the third thing is that your prayers shall be answered. In John chapter 15, when we look at that verse 7, I want us to be very careful with the scriptures here. John 15 verse 7. Let's, let's add it because I want to bring out something there. John 15 verse 7. John 15 verse 7. God bless you, sir. He said, if you abide in me, 
and my words abide in you. Two things. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, what is the word of God? John chapter 1 verse 1 told us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word himself was what? God. So God is telling you, if you abide in me and my word in you, that means God is saying, if you abide in me and me in you. Is, am I, I think I'm too fast. All right, very good. So, you know, said, no, let's go back. Let's go back to that John chapter 15, verse 7. John chapter, God bless you. He said, and my words in you, he said, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done in you. Only if God abide in you and you in Christ. So each time you abide, your prayers will be answered. It's not as if maybe your prayers will be answered. It's a sure thing that your prayers will be answered. Because it's written in the scripture. Everything in the scripture is a picture for the future. And nothing can be broken. I can put this Bible, throw it up, and it comes down and it pieces into me. It doesn't mean the word of God has broken. Because my children have asked me once, that Daddy, they said the word of God cannot be broken. What if we throw this Bible up and it sheds? Say, no, that's not what they are saying. The word of God is a statutory forever. It can never be broken. As it has been written, so will it work. So when you abide in Christ, your prayers, no way, no demon can stop your prayers. Today, every prayer you pray to God from now henceforth will not go full time. Somebody didn't hear that. I said, each time you open your mouth to pray to God, I decree according to the word of the Lord that your word shall akin to God's ear and he will answer you in the name of Jesus. Now, just as a round up, because I just want to take one or two prayers as well, and I don't want to bore you with uh, stories and the like. Let's just get the nitty-gritty and we'll move on. How do I abide? You learn abide, you seek the house, you pray to God, uh, your prayers will be answered, you sing a new song, you know, you have a beautiful new beginning. Now, somebody will ask you, okay, pastor, uh, what, what is happening now? So, what do you want me to do so that all these things will be my portion? It's a very simple thing. Let's just go to one or two things. Bible says in 2 Timothy, chapter, chapter 2, verse 15, is a very popular scripture. It says, study to show thyself you see, any man that does not know the scripture can never be able to face the world. It is the word that delivers you from the world. So if you don't know the word, you will not be able to face the world. Praise the Lord. Am, someone, am I, do you understand what I'm saying? So it is the word of God that gives you the eclipse, the power that encourages you for you to face the world. So, when you wake up without knowing the word for the day, it will be difficult for you to face the world for the day. So, study to show yourself approved. He said, they, they said approved to God. He said, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know what, when you divide the word of truth? Because every part of truth, everybody has different parts of truth. Because everybody has different, you know, when they say, oh, uh, okay, I, I don't have any sin, only that um, I can lie. That lying is just my only, say, ah, no, 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 no. I don't fornicate, I don't, I say, ah, but you are lying. I say, no, 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 no. Why can you compare me with a fornicator? 
Fornicator is a big sin. It's a big sinner. I'm only lying. No. You are likely dividing the word of truth to that person. That lying will take you to hell. A fornicator, you are likely dividing the word that this is your own fault. So it is not until you run back to go and study. You must study each time to show yourself approved. And each time you know the word, you've just gotten a key to unlock another door. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So the first one, how do I abide this? You must study the word. You must study the word. It is the word that gives you information. And that information will take you to a level of elevation. And that elevation takes you to a level of transformation. Transformation takes you to a level of graduation. At that level of graduation is when you now know that ah, I am, you know, I have studied and I'm not ashamed to divide the word of truth. Is someone hearing me? Today, as you choose to hear the word, to study the word of God, the Lord God Almighty will give you a revelation. And that revelation will take you up and up in the name of Jesus. Psalm 119 verse 8 tells us a very simple scripture. He said, thy word have I eaten in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you don't hide the word of God in your heart, something will occupy your heart. And you will sin against God. So when you study the word of God, it occupies your heart and it makes you not to think of anything negative. Even when they come. You will knock it off because something is already in your heart. Praise the Lord. So, you know, something is already in your heart. And so, look, uh, let me just explain something for one minute. You see, our heart is like a vacuum. A vacuum. Yes, you know, when you have a vacuum, vacuum means an empty space, you know. Nothing, a vacuum is a vacuum, but something is occupying it. Yeah, it's occupying it. When you keep the word of God in your heart that you might not sin against him, means that you have already studied and that study you have studied has filled your heart. So negative thoughts will not have space in your heart. But when you have not studied and your heart is open, then of course, there will be a space for negative thoughts. There will be a space for this. There will be a, when your heart is filled with the word of God, nothing negative will come in. In the name that is above every other name. Your heart shall be for God in the name of Jesus. The second thing as a roundup is, um, you know, how do I, how do I abide? The second thing is that you must believe. You must believe. I shared, I said something a couple of minutes ago that we, our, nowadays is we don't, we don't, you know, in those days, on, on a Saturday, we know our parents, they will have written what they want God to do for them on the particular Sunday that they are taking to church. They are not presenting it to pastor, but there is always a time to pray. They know that, God, I have brought another request this weekend. And they, they have the trust. Many of us have done church to, to you know, just a mere gathering. What brought you to church? The church is a place where you come to meet God. If somebody has come, okay, there's a meeting now, you want to come and meet a higher ranking person. Know how you will write your, all your heart desires, what you want the person to do for you. But we come to church and we don't have anything that we want God to do for us. We just come, normal prayer. Uh, I believe this is what is going to happen. No, you must prepare your heart to let God understand. This is the reason why I'm going to church again today. Lord, Five was what I wrote last week. You only did one. 
I'm bringing back those four. You must do it. And that is when God sees that you are, you are ready. You must believe. A man that does not believe cannot see God. Bible even said it. He said without faith, it is what? Impossible to see God. You can't see God because there is the faith you have that has led you to see, to, to believe that there is a God. So if you are believing there is a God and you have come to church without belief, that belief must not shake. It must be standing so that each time you open your mouth, you know that something is going to come back into your life. Today, I pray in the name of Jesus that every of your home belief, the Lord will take it away and it will increase your faith in the name of Jesus. I say the Lord will increase your faith in the name of Jesus. Brethren, without us believing God, we cannot see God. That's just the truth. So for you to abide in Christ and for you to have a firm foundation, you must believe God. Because if you don't see the God you don't see physically, will take take you to have a faith for you to believe him. So, brethren, the faith you must have is not the faith that, oh, I, uh, by the grace of God, uh, I, I know you, nothing is going to happen. Hmm. The faith you have in God is the faith that nothing must shake you. Nothing must shake you. And do you know the funny thing is that each time you have faith in God, that is when the enemy strikes. That is when the devil strikes. You know why? Because he wants to dampen your faith. He wants to make you understand that why are you believing in this God? He can't do it. There's nothing he can do. He will, the devil will now show you three, four, five different people that are struggling. And are you better than them? And if you are not wise enough, you answer, eh, I'm not better than them. But if you are wise enough, you will have to tell me, yes, I am better than them. Because he that I carry is greater than he that is in the world. You know, until you begin to quote the scriptures and believe in God, nothing is going to happen. I pray God will help your home believe in the name of Jesus. I say God will help your home believe in the name of Jesus. We round up with this. You cannot have a firm foundation. Rather can you abide in Christ if you don't know Jesus. Jesus is the way the truth and life. I used to tell people, Jesus is not a way. Uh -uh. When you say something is a way, that means there are other ways. But Jesus is the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and life. For he that does not know Jesus will not be able to celebrate. Rather will the person, rather will the person, will the person be able to enjoy an abiding Christ. So you must be born again. You must be born again. You must know that your entire life is about Jesus. You see, one of the things that, you know, that people understand is that, oh, before, I, before they gave birth to me, they have been saying, this Jesus is going to come. My father has been saying it. My great-grandfather has been saying it. Oh, my brothers and sisters, is getting sooner and sooner. Don't take your life back from him. There's a brother that, you know, there's a brother they say, ah, brother, ah, you are, this character you are exhibiting is not good. I thought you gave your life to Jesus some weeks ago. Yeah, I, I've taken my life back. So don't, you can't take your life back from Jesus. He has taken it. He has taken it. And you know one thing about it is that you can't be on the fence for Jesus. 
You can't be on the fence. So you, you might think, oh, pastor does not see me. This person does not see me. But God sees you. Another story of a funny brother, you know, a brother just, you know, you always do when they give, the, this pair of brothers, when they give you, say, God bless you. God bless you. And, you know, the brother was as not, you know, he, they are still cooking the brother. He's not yet done. So one day he just woke up and, you know, his, himself just got back onto him. And, you know, he was sharing an hostel with some other brethren. He just started singing Fuji immediately. So he just started, because, because he's not yet regenerated. So one thing about Christ is that you must be, you must know him. Your tongue will change everything. All Bible says all things shall pass away. You see, the reason why I'm stressing it is because many of us, you know, we, we come to church and when I tell my people, see that regeneration, knowing Christ is different from just, just saying it by mouth. Something must change in you. Have something changed in you at all? Do you know you know Jesus? If Jesus comes now, do you think he will pick you? You will go with him? And do you know one funny irony? Is that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. It's not everybody that will go with Jesus. Somebody can die. And as soon as that person dies, he will meet his own Jesus. So everybody is not going to wait till then. There is always a time for you to rededicate your life. To revisit your life and see that my foundation is not good because of this and this. I need to accept Jesus. Can we rise upon our feet? 